on this episode of Canadian Kidney Conversations. We have the honor of interviewing special kind of kidney warrior, a kidney caregiver, Mr. Ronald McDonald. Born in Nova Scotia and now resides in Ontario, Ron, not having kidney disease himself, but has been by the side of two tough kidney warriors, with first his wife Theresa and now his daughter Shannon. Let us grab our double-double, take off our toques, grab a seat on the Chesterfield, and relax to hear the story of a Canadian kidney caregiver warrior, sending it over to our host Kyle Hawkridge in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to another episode of Kidney Conversations. Today we have the honor of interviewing a special kind of kidney warrior. Today's guest is a kidney warrior caregiver, Mr. Ronald McDonald. Ron has not been a kidney caregiver for one kidney warrior, but two. Ron was a main caregiver for his wife, wife, Teresa, who will further be known in this interview by Terry, and now caregiver for his daughter, Shannon. Ron is also a a cancer survivor. I have a special connection with Ron as he is my father-in-law. He supports myself and my wife in her battle. I have asked Ron to join us on the show today as I feel his story will help with both kidney warriors and caregivers. He has a lot of experience and may not know until this moment, but if it wasn't for him, I would not be the caregiver I am for my wife. So without delay, let's, let's meet Ron. Hello, Ron. Welcome to Kidney Conversations. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you, Kyle? I'm very good. Thank you for um, coming by today and stopping by and telling your story. Ron, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Why don't you start with where you were born and where you live now? Originally, I was born in Nova Scotia. I left there uh, when I was two years old, uh, come with my parents to Toronto. I've uh, been in Toronto ever since. Uh, I currently live in uh, Scarborough, Ontario at this time. Very good. Ron, what did you do for a living when, you know, um, growing up, or what was your main? What was your job? My main job was a building operator. I worked at the Toronto Eaton Center for forty-one years. I retired two years ago, and during the pandemic, it has not been easy. Uh, without not being able to do anything, because I'm kind of a type of an active person, I like to go out and do things. Yeah, forty-one years at your job. How did you last forty-one years? I didn't let it bother me. I went to work, did my work the best of my ability, came home, and uh, didn't worry about things that happened at work that, that I could bring home. Wow. So, Ron, you're a bit of a warrior yourself. Um, you're a cancer survivor. Would you like to tell the listeners about your battle with cancer and how you overcame it? Uh, yes, I was diagnosed in 1997 with lymphoma, non-Hodgkin disease. I went to Princess Margaret Hospital. They told me I would get 10 chemo treatments, and I received six. And they originally told me I had a 50-50 chance of survival. I beat it. I went for one year afterwards, testing once a month, and today I'm cancer-free. And how many years has that been? That's been uh, 23 years. Wow. So other than hearing that, 
Ron, I've asked you to be here to share your story with being a kidney warrior caregiver. You have a lot of experience as a husband of a kidney warrior and also as a father of a kidney warrior. For those who do not know, Ron's wife, Terry, had, poly had polycystic kidney disease. She fought for years before losing her battle in 2016. Ron, can you tell us a little bit about your wife and your family and how you met? Yes, I met my wife because uh, her brother lived next door to me where I lived. She used to visit him, and she used to come, and i see her, and I was very much interested in her. About a year after we met, we got married, and uh, we had three children, a girl, Shannon, a boy, RJ, another boy, Thomas. Nice. Uh, well, how many years were you married before Terry's passing, Ron? We were married 39 years. Well, 39 years. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> Ron, did you understand anything about polycystic kidney disease or kidney disease in general before your marriage, Terry? No, we knew nothing about it. Um, she wasn't a candidate. She wasn't uh, on the list for uh, dialysis or anything like that. It just came up. Through the years, uh, found out she had polycystic kidneys, and then we went through the process of, of trying to fight it. Okay. Do you, do you remember the day Terry got diagnosed with polycystic kidney di disease? I remember uh, heart sunk. I thought, oh, my God, I hope that she lives forever. And then they talked to us about what needs to be done. And we follow the procedure. Do you do you recall at that appointment or post appointment, like you said, your heart sunk, but how you felt, and did you have any conversations with your wife that after the diagnosis, trying to break down and understand what was going on? Yes, we talked about it quite a bit. Uh, we talked to the doctors, and we went home and talked about it as well what we're going to do and how we're going to beat it. I said, uh, this is not the end. We're going to fight this. Very good. As some of you may know, uh, polycystic kidney disease is a slow progression disease. And I know with my wife's diagnosis that it seemed like years before we would have any ma major issues to deal with. But the amount of time is actually very fast. So, Ron, the day comes that you and Terry are faced with the dialysis, hemo or peritoneal. Did you and her team have any discussions about what form of dialysis she would do? And how did you come to that decision? Yes, we did have discussions with uh, the doctor, the nurses, the dietitians. What would be best for her? They decided on hemodialysis. She went through different procedures of getting a stint put in her arm. She had four surgeries. They did not work. They said her veins were too small. Then they decided to do a peritoneal dialysis at home. They did an operation to put the tube in her side. It worked. And then she went for some training. And then she did it at home. And that's how she, she was doing it to the end. So her first choice was hemodialysis before peritoneal? That's, 
That's correct. Yes, she wanted to do that. The doctor told her that would be best for her. But unfortunately, the surgeries that she had to get done, they did not work. Okay. So Terry did peritoneal dialysis at home every four hours. Can you explain how that affected your life, your home? As I know, along with others, that there are lots of supplies, care issues, and keeping things clean and sanitized. Did it affect yes. your, your life? Yes. Um, at first, we were given a month's supply of the exchange bags, uh, 30 boxes, uh, all the supplies she needed for to do the dialysis for one month. Um, we had to stop like every four hours, whatever we were doing, to do the exchange. And uh, they told us, don't we had cats at the time? They said, don't allow the cats in the bedroom. It could cause infection at the site. We always monitor that, but she did once. She got an infection, but she got medication to clear it up. But after that, everything was okay. We managed. Good. So how many years before Terry's passing was she on dialysis? She was on dialysis approximately five years before she passed away. Good. And and to the best of your knowledge, was she on the list for transplant? Yes, she was. She was on the she, list, but she never got called to have a, a transplant at that time. Okay. So at the time Terry was doing dialysis, you were working full time. You had 12-hour shifts at your job and also shift work. So one week you would do a couple of night shifts. One week you would do a couple of day shifts. How did you find balance in your work life and home life and being a caregiver for your wife while she was doing dialysis? Well, when I worked the day shift, I would get up in the morning. I'd help her set up for the first exchange at 7 o'clock in the morning. I would go to work. She would do it herself during the day. When I came home, I would help her at nighttime. And then when I was working the night shift, I would come home in the morning. I would help her set up to do the first exchange. I would sleep for a while. Then at 12 o'clock when her next exchange was, I would help her and then go back to bed and sleep for a little bit. And then near the end, they gave us a home care giver where she came in and she would help Terry during the daytime. One of the hardest things and also one of your favorite things is vacationing. I know that you were able to get a couple of vacations before the start of dialysis and also one while she was doing dialysis. For a lot of people doing dialysis, they believe that travel is no longer an option while on dialysis. Being in Ontario, could you explain the process Terry went through in being able to travel outside of Canada? Yes. Uh, we were able to go before she started dialysis. We went to Cuba and she loved it. The first time on her on a plane, we went to Cuba. And then while she was on dialysis, we went to Las Vegas and made arrangement through Baxter or Fresenius, and they shipped the solutions down to Vegas to the hotel where we were staying, where she was able to do with dialysis while we we're in Las Vegas for four days. And it was beautiful. She enjoyed it. Good. So for anyone listening, if 
you're on dialysis, peritoneal or hemodialysis, you can go to your dialysis center or your dialysis team, and you can get information that travel is not restricted. They may have restrictions on how many times a year you can go or the country you're able to go to, but they will set you up outside to have dialysis on location to where you want to travel. Yes, that's correct. So sadly in 2016, Terry lost her battle with kidney disease. A day I know that I'll never forget, but also I know you as well will never forget. I know I, I know a day goes never goes by that we don't think about her or tell a story about her. Most have mother-in-law jokes or can talk nev- neg- negative about their mother-in-laws, but I can say that Terry was one of the, the most caring, kind, wonderful mother. She was a wonderful mother, grandmother, and wife, and she sadly missed every day. One of the reasons we started KWM and Canadian Kidney Conversations is to bring awareness to kidney disease with the hopes of never having to tell another story of a lost warrior again. Hope with Jonathan podcast live stream shows. Hope with Jonathan is a live stream show also a podcast hosted by transplanted kidney warrior Jonathan Trailer. Hope with Jonathan interviews kidney warriors also kidney professionals from around the world. Giving all kidney warriors an opportunity to tell their story. Based out of Texas, Hope with Jonathan is truly an international show. With past guests from England, Ireland, Canada and of course the United States. Hope with Jonathan can be found on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, but most importantly all episodes can be found on YouTube. So please remember to like, share and subscribe. Hope with Jonathan giving hope. One episode at a time. All right, welcome back. Ron, I would like to thank you for opening up and telling the first part of your story. But there's a second part of your story, your children. So for those unaware, PKD, polycystic kidney disease, is a genetic disease that can be passed from parent to child, with each child having a 50% chance of contracting PKD. Ron has three children, two boys and a girl. We know at this time two, two of the children have PKD, and the third is unsure. So what can happen is you can have the mom's gene in this situation or the dad's gene. Dad not having PKD, the child would not have PKD. But mom having PKD, if the child received that gene, the child will have polycystic kidney disease. So Ron, earlier in your marriage, was having children a question or was it unknown in the 70s that this is how PKD passed along? Um, We didn't really talk about how uh, it was going to be with PKD with the children. There was nothing the doctors told us that we shouldn't have children, that there's a possibility that you could pass the gene to our children. We had the kids. It was a great experience. Now that they have it, we we are sorry that it happened to our children. 
Okay, but back then, there, I guess the science wasn't known that this is how PKD is passed along. They, That's correct. They didn't know, they That's didn't correct. know at that no. time with Gene. That's okay. correct. No, they didn't know. Okay. So it was found out probably in the 80s or 90s that it was a genetic disease. That's right. Correct. Okay. okay. So in July 2017... Your daughter, my wife, suffers the from a stroke. While she was in hospital, the nephrologist comes into the room and says to Shannon, you need to start looking for a living kidney donor. I recall that she may have never finished that sentence, and you jumped up and said, where do I sign up to get tested? I believe I know the answer, but could you tell the listeners what made, why you made that decision so quickly? Because I wanted to help my daughter. I wanted her to live a healthy life and not go through the process of uh, going through dialysis. Okay, so the unfortunate part was found out that you could not donate to your daughter for some reasons that are personal to you. But could you explain the emotion you felt when you got that call? I got the call to say I wasn't able to. Uh, my heart dropped. I felt so sorry that I couldn't do it. And I was afraid to call Shannon and tell her that I wasn't able to be a donor. It just broke my heart that I wasn't able to help her. So just on, on that point as well, I have also been tested and I can relate to that that call. I was unable to donate to my wife. I failed the testing for reasons that I'm going to keep personal, but the main point being that I'm unable to donate. And I recall getting that call. And I also recall a situation with you, Ron, where you said, how's your testing going right in front of Shannon? And my heart dropped. I had no choice at that moment but to tell her. I didn't yeah. know how to tell her. Yeah, uh, it I, was, yeah I it remember was, that day, too. I remember yeah. it. I'll never forget it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> it that way. Yeah. I mean, but we're we're working hard right now on trying to find Shannon, a uh, living kidney donor. Right. Um, right. At yeah. the end of this podcast, I can put for anyone that's listening that wants to be a donor for Shannon or anyone else, I will put the information at the bottom in the description of this podcast. One of the toughest things that I go through as a caregiver is I get frustrated at times. I'm sure you did as well. Were you? But could you tell the listeners how you how you were able to get over those moments of frustration, and what advice would you give to other caregivers that fall into that that area? Yes, there was times I get frustrated. Uh, Terry didn't want to do the dialysis sometimes. I kept having to talk to her and tell her, look, if you want to live, you got to do this. It's for your own health. And then she realized, yes, I guess I have to. And I told her, you have to live for your children, too. Like, you yeah. got to keep doing it. No matter what, you have to keep doing it. You can't give up. And what would you tell other caregivers that are, you know, like yourself, and myself that are caring for someone, I know there's moments that I'll admit it, you just kind of want to throw your hands in the air. You felt like you did everything that you could possibly do, but you're trying to help them 
like you said, live for their children, live their life the best they can. But when you hit that moment of frustration, is there any advice that you would give someone? Just don't give up. Um, I know it's frustrating. I know you want to walk away. I know you don't want to, uh, you, you want to say something that's not nice, but don't. Just think of who you're dealing with and the person you're helping out. Just give it your all. Don't, don't give up. So I know, I know for myself, when, when I reach that frustration, sometimes you do have to walk away, you know, just not, not far, don't have to leave the house, but maybe just go to the kitchen, take a deep breath. But it's also understanding how the kidney warrior is feeling. They are struggling every day. They are fighting every day. And just like anyone else, they get tired. It's a different kind of tired than, you know, going to work all, you know, for 12 hours. They're tired every moment, every, every second. So for me, I know sometimes we make plans, like let's take the kids to the park. And then the moment comes that we, you know, Shannon's too tired and we can't do it. We, we can't go anywhere. But for me, I guess my advice to somebody, and maybe Ron, you'll agree, is like you said, just take a step back, um, realize what they are going through, because we are not going through that. So it's hard for us to understand that, you know, we see them, they slept for six hours. How are you tired? Well, their body is going through dialysis and fighting these diseases. Yeah, exactly. Exactly true. Yeah, I agree with that. Yes, I'm the same way. Yeah. Yep. So, Ron, it's been a great honor to be able to sit with you and have you tell your side of being a caregiver. But not to one, but two kidney warriors. I would like to take this time to offer you a moment to give you a shout out to anyone or if there's some advice that you'd like to give or anything that you feel that you can go back into your story, but anything that you feel that we left out, I'd just like to give you an open mic moment and have a say. Is there anything you'd like to say? I just want to say anybody who's listening, please be a kidney donor. There are lots of people that need kidneys. My daughter, she's still very long, young, and she needs a kidney. Please think about it and go on the donor list. Thank you very much. Again, Ron, I'd like to thank you for joining us today and sharing your amazing story. I'd also like to thank you for the support you give me in helping care for your daughter and my wife, um, without your help, I would never, I'd never be the best possible caregiver I am. You've taught me so much and how to care for her. And I watched you care for Terry. So I learned a lot from you. You didn't know you were teaching me, but you were teaching me. Um, but I'd also like to thank you for the small things that a lot of people would see small, but they're huge to us from picking her up at dialysis to taking her to appointments while I work. Um, like I said, they're small, but they're truly appreciated. And I thank you for them. And I thank you for your time today. And thank you, Kyle, for all, all that you've done for 
for my daughter Shen. I know you mean a lot to her, and you mean a lot to me. Ah, uh, thanks, Ron. So, Ron, we're gonna close this out at this time. Um, is there any last second things that you'd like to add in? No, nothing. Just to say, people, please be a kidney donor. Lots of people need a kidney. Thank you. Uh, all right, Ron. I thank you for your time again. And hopefully one day we can um, have you back on here and we can elaborate on some of the other things and other parts of your story. I know we just touched the surface today, but thank you again for your time and you have a wonderful day. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Have a good day. You as well. For our listeners, we thank you for your support and listening to this podcast. If you would like to be a guest on our show or you have any show ideas, you can find us on our Facebook page or group, Canadian Kidney Conversations. You can also find us on our website, hosted by KWM, found at kidneywarriormerch.com. Again, thank you for listening, and let's make the true north strong and kidney disease-free. This has been another episode of Canadian Kidney Conversations. We would like to thank our guest, Mr. Ron McDonald, for joining us today and sharing his story. It has been an honor to interview you. For more information on becoming a kidney donor, you can go to our website, www.kidneywarriormerch.com. Again, we thank you for your support. Until next time, let's keep the true north strong and kidney disease free.